So, the Browns win another game. That is two in a row, and we are back at you after a little hiatus. Welcome back, guys. I am TK. And I'm Jay. Jay, my man, what a game on Saturday night. Kind of had us on the uh, edge of our seats there. You know, for me, it's just I'm enjoying the ride. I put, put my seatbelt on, and I'm sitting in the back seat just watching the Browns take the turns that they need to take. And that's figuratively speaking because I'm just enjoying where they're at because we are exponentially better than last year. So, for me... I, I'm not really on the edge of the seat. Like, I'm not nervous, like, because I'm just having fun. It's just right. like a roller coaster ride for me. I'm just sitting here enjoying the, 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 you know, the chain hill, going down the ups and downs and everything like that, just letting the ride go. So, for me, I had fun watching uh, Saturday. I had fun watching Saturday, too, because I think it showed a lot of Browns fans as well that Baker Mayfield doesn't have to throw for 300 yards for us to win the game. It can be an ugly defensive struggle. Credit to that Browns defense. They held Philip Lindsay to... 24 yards on 14 carries, and overall, 20 carries for the Broncos for 32 yards. That's, wow. I'm looking at that as it's got to be a misprint. I mean, that's that's great for us to stop Phillip Lindsay. That little, that little nugget running around the field like that, I just, he's so fast. It's just so ridiculous how fast he was during the game. I was just... I, I hope that, you know, they the Brown I mean the the Browns, the Denver Broncos realize what they got in Phillip Lindsay and they lock him up for quite a while because that dude's a beast. He's gonna be a beast going forward. They definitely have a cornerstone running back there. They just need to get themselves a quarterback and some healthy receivers. Um Browns go to six, seven, and one after a thrilling seventeen sixteen victory. Couple question marks I had in this game. I was uh kind of upset uh for Greg Williams and I, and I you know, sent you a message. Um, that I was displeased with the decision, but I could live with the result because they won. But going forward on fourth and one when taking the points means that you, they have to go and score a touchdown to beat you, the, the, the reward definitely did not, or the risk outweighed the reward in that situation. And that's where I, that's where I disagree, and that's why I didn't respond, because I, I wanted to save it for here. If you think about your, your, your outs, and we're, we're talking poker here, if you think about your outs here, the Browns had more outs by kicking the field goal and then and actually go back. They had more outs by going for it when they did and trying to get the first down than they did when if they had scored the points and then kicked it away. The reason why I say this is because there's less things that could go wrong by the Browns going for it and not being successful because here you basically it's like a punt. You don't get it. You have them where where I think they were on like the 17. They were pretty far. And the the Broncos would have had to march all that way to get to that field goal and then still hit the field goal. That's where I was thinking as opposed to you kick the field goal, you kick it back, and if you don't get a touchback and they return it, you know, we lost the game that way. Or they return it for good yardage, we still lose the game that way too. So there's there was less outs with, with going for it, uh, kicking the field goal and then kicking it back because there was so much more time left on the clock. I felt like he made the right decision because if you get the first down, game's over. Yeah, but if, if look you, at the other side. What if they, they don't get it and they go down and, and we lose 19-17? They didn't. I mean, it, like I said, I the defense is just so stout. And, I mean, Greg believes in his defense, which you should, and they did what they were supposed to do. I mean, Jabril Peppers absolutely blew up Case Keenum to end the game. And it took – 
it took every bit of Denver to get to where they were to the point where they were 20 yards away from the actual field goal range of their kicker, which is still a decent kick for their their kicker. They were thinking their the kicker could probably still kick at 52 with the with the uh, altitude the, in Denver. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. they thought maybe he could kick 52. That's still a boot. That's a lot of work. That that's a lot of work. And for either way, that's why I felt like it's a it was a win win situation whether you kick the field goal and kick it away or you just go for it right there. But your chance was is instead of basically kicking it away, if you go for it and get it, game's over. If you kick it in the field goal, it's the same as you not getting the first down. And so that's why he went for it. Gutsy called nonetheless, and you know it seemed to work in the Browns' favor. Um, they held the Broncos to 270 total yards of offense. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that they did that they haven't really been very good at all year is they got off the field on third down. Yes, they did. Broncos were 5 out of 14, and they got off the field when they needed to get off the field. Which was great. They made the key plays that they need to make. They stopped the key drives. When when it started to seem like Denver was getting ahead of steam, it was like, boom, we're going to get an interception here. Boom, you're going to throw it deep on us. We're taking that too. And I loved every bit of that because it showed – like you said, we can get a greedy performance on the road, which makes me very happy with what where my team is at at this point. Well, yeah, because that's your second road win of the year, which obviously you didn't have any last year. You didn't have any of the year before that. Um, so to you know to have a chance to win three games on the road this year because you still have uh, one left here against uh, the Ravens, and to finish, if you win next week, you're guaranteed to finish with a winning record in your division, mm-hmm. and you already have a winning record at home. Even though we have a 1% chance to get in the playoffs, and we'll talk about that scenario in a little bit, like you said, I just feel so good about where this team is and where they're going, the amount of cap space that they have to spend, the people that they're going to be bringing back next year as far as players and personnel. Man, you know, Steelers are getting older. Ravens are getting a little bit older. Bengals never going to be any good, especially if they turn it over to Voldemort Jackson. So (laughs) he who shall not be named. Uh, you know, I think you know this year and the second half of the season has been a coming out party for what is going to be in store for this team next season. If you can kind of look at the the AFC right now, the AFC North as it stands, we kind of look like the AL Central in baseball, and that's why I feel like the Browns have a good chance because just like the AL Central, everybody is getting old and breaking down in the division, and we're young and we're getting better. And I think, in if not next year, the, the year after that, we'll be sitting atop because Ben Roethlisberger is most likely going to be gone. The, all Pittsburgh's weapons are going to be gone. Cincinnati's already at the bottom, and if they get Hugh Jackson on their team, psh, good grief. As their head coach. Good yeah, luck. good yeah. grief. That's going to be a wrap on them. And right now, Ravens are in a transition period. They're looking to bring in Lamar Jackson. This is perfect timing for the Browns to to take over this division, and we look strong enough to do it. Especially with John Dorsey and his uh, drafting methods, we're gonna be we're gonna be a force to be reckoned with in this division for quite a while. And that's my tr- true, honest belief. I, you know, I, I I piggyback on that too. And now you're at a spot where you have a general manager who knows what he's doing, and you have your franchise quarterback. So this place here, if you're that stud wide receiver, that stud linebacker, that stud corner, I think we still need one more corner opposite of Denzel Ward. This becomes a place where it's like, yeah, I want to go to Cleveland because, A, they've turned it around. 
I have I actually have a chance to win there, and I have a chance to win there not just for a season or two, but for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So we went from one of the least desirable places to one of the most desirable places in one year, and I can make the claim that this team would be two or three wins better if Voldemort wasn't here to start the season. Yeah, and you, so let me let me just kind of follow me on this. Remember the uh, it was it was the season right before. I would say LeBron left for Miami. Remember the, how the Cavs were like having a lot of fun? Everybody's dancing, jiving on the sidelines. They caught LeBron dancing a whole bunch of times and, and having a great time. I feel like the Browns are that one year away from that team. They're having so much fun playing ball right now. They're so gritty. They're so determined that if we bring this crew in the next year with, with a new head coach, uh, you know, I feel looking at it, we we're not gonna be stopped a lot. Uh, Baker Mayfield does not understand what it means to lose, and I love that about him. He is looking people in the eye like a little Rocky and saying, "I'm not I'm not folding. You right. are gonna have to beat me. We're not gonna make mistakes." Kid hasn't made a mistake in the red zone yet this year, which is crazy I for know. a rookie. Thirteen touchdowns, no interceptions. That is crazy. Did you for see a him call the no huddle on the touchdown? The second touchdown. No huddle. They get up to the line, almost to the line. He calls everybody back because of the defense he saw. He re-huddles them, makes a little adjustment with his hands, saw something that he liked, got the safety to come up and play because I thought they were going to run the ball or run a little uh, slant. And then, who was it, Callaway runs a slant mm-hmm. on the outside. Nobody's on him. Touchdown. And that's that's coaching, and that is understanding of a rookie quarterback, knowing where the ball needs to go. Reading the defense pre-snap. We haven't had that here it's since 19-whatever. It's what made Drew Brees what he is. It's definitely what made Peyton Manning what he was. It's what makes Tom Brady who he is today. And we've got that early as a rookie right now. We've got that early in a rookie that, if man, if this guy gets some more tools to add to his repertoire, there's no way that we're going to be stopped. We are going to be that high-powered offense on the road, on at home, just doing the thing. And especially with our our 12th man, as far as the cold, we're going to have an advantage a lot of the time when it, people come play us here in Cleveland. Not only the cold, you're going to have a 12th and a 13th man because, you know, I know that you know, we only have a 1% chance to make the playoffs, and we'll get into that again, you know, in a little while here. But that stadium is going to be rocking because you have a chance to get to 7 Seven and one for a team that went zero and sixteen to have a chance right before the end of the season to get to five hundred and even over five hundred. That place is going to be loud, and I thought maybe I could get some cheap tickets. Not so fast, my friend. Yeah, and and this is the first time in a long time that one we're talking about playoffs this late in the season, and number two that it, tickets aren't going for twenty bucks in in the nosebleeds, and you can move down by right. this time. By this time. Every year since they've been back, I can remember looking at ticket prices and saying, you know, it's too cold to go, but if it was a little bit warmer, I would go. I'd pay the 20 bucks and go and move down because that's where the ticket prices are this time. But I've actually looked for this game, and there's talking still about 80 bucks to be in the nosebleeds in this stadium, and that's what I love. Uh, you know, I that's the, the, the give and take. I hate it when our teams are good and I can't afford to go to the games anymore, but hell, I would rather have the better team and not go to the game because right. I can't afford it than have the, the piss-poor team and uh, basically, um, 
you know, still be able to go to the games and then not go to the games ultimately because I don't want to see the piss poor team. Right. So. And I'm, you know, I'm completely content if there are people out there that have the money to spend on that and want to go to my place, that's great. <laughs> I'll sit at home with my Christmas ale. I'll have a couple of Christmas ales. I'll have some buffalo chicken dip. I will lay on my couch in my, in my Browns t-shirt and my, and my, uh, my basketball shorts with my gut hanging out at home by myself because I don't care. And I'm just chilling watching the game. That's fine. And I mean, I haven't been to a Browns game in five or six years just because it's expensive. You know, I can't see myself paying that kind of money. It's, you know, and it's not it's not a easy venture to go to when the team is not good. No. And when the, the team, the way it's been this year, I'm telling you, I went to one game last year and I could feel the, the almost uh, forfeiting mentality of our fans already walking into the stadium against Pittsburgh. We knew we were going to lose going into it. We were jokingly being like, Ah, uh, yeah, you know, screw you, Pittsburgh, things like that. But we knew at the end of the day what was going to happen. So you were at that game last year that uh, Coleman was, dropped the ball the last game of the year? No, I was at the game before that. So we oh. kicked off the season with Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Last last season was the, they started out with Pittsburgh. Did we play them at home again? No, we played them in Pittsburgh. That's week what I thought. No, yeah. Game, so yeah. I went to the home opener. Oh, that's that's and right. Yep, yep. I've gone to the home opener twice. It's a fun atmosphere um, to go to. I think if Especially because it's the Steelers. Um, everyone should go. Wait a minute. It, Real quick. We talked about, I said mentioned to you off air many times about going to the Indians home opener. You'll sit through a cold Browns home opener. No, no. Actually, the, the That's year, still pretty warm then. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah last year, it was 70 degrees when we went. This year, it was freezing cold and I left. I couldn't take it. And I don't want to do that again. I did do it for the Falcons game. Um, I bundled up as much as I could. The only reason why I went for that cold of game is my my good friend from Georgia came into town and said he wanted to see his Falcons play my Browns, and I love that we <laughs> that, that we punked them for for the second time. The Cleveland Browns have played Atlanta in my presence. The Cleveland Browns have beaten Atlanta. The right. first time we had Johnny Manziel and Matt Bryant kicked a field goal. Everybody in Atlanta was celebrating in the dome and thinking the game was over, and somehow. The Johnny Football of all people. No, that people. was Hoyer that won that game. No, it wasn't. It was Johnny Football. I remember because I had the, I had the Johnny Football shirt. Oh, uh, uh, did you burn that? I hope. Or is it in your closet? No, I actually somewhere? sweated out of it. So I burnt it out. I, I was like, Attaboy. it like it like got like these under disgusting pit stains under it. Right. And I had to I had to get rid of it. Now, if I'm wrong, folks, I'm wrong. But I do distinctly remember. I thought it was Johnny Manziel. I want to. I know he was at least on the team by then. So. um we came back and we kicked the last second field goal to win. And I will never forget that, like, me and 20 other Browns fans were like, oh, all over people. And people were flicking us off and everything like that. And I'm like, <laughs> you can't even be mad. We're Browns fans and you just lost to the Browns. Like, how are you mad at us? Be mad at your sorry team. You know, so right. I, I remember that. That was one of my favorite memories because that was my first NFL football game ever. Oh, nice. I, because I had never gone to another football game because obviously the product here in Cleveland that was here, why would I want to go see that? Right. That was my first NFL football game. I still think college atmospheres are better, but I like the, the product of football on the field better than I do college football, but I like the atmosphere better at college games. I now think it's half and half. The one thing I can't stand, and if this is you, sorry for you, if you're a grown man getting crap face wasted at these games, shame on you. I can't stand that at the NFL games because you're not a college kid anymore and it's not time for you to do that. A nice buzz will do. Go watch the game if that's what you got to do. But if you're almost falling out of the 500 section at the Brown Stadium, 
It's too much for you, man. Dude, speaking of ridiculously wasted, and I know we're getting off topic, but it's a podcast, and you know we got some time to fill because we're only doing about an hour. Today. <laughs> uh, did you see a couple weeks ago those two drunk Steeler fans? I think I showed that to you here. Yeah, at the so office. He, oh my uh, that, that, that headbutt was legendary. Oh. I mean, <laughs> legendary. If you can lay somebody out with a headbutt, you're true and still true stand beast. there afterwards. I mean, he laid him out and was like, "I want more." And like his the guy's girlfriend's like smacking him in the face. <laughs> I he mean, gets up for more and gets pushed down again. Oh, I've, my I've, gosh. I've clacked heads with someone on accident twice in my whole entire lifetime. I wanted to throw up each time. Right. So, yeah, I'm not just going to headbutt someone. I mean, if you can do that and continue to ask for more and then get back up to get pushed down again, the other guy, they had to have been lit like Christmas trees. That oh, was the night that Philip came in and punked him in their own stadium. He had to have been. You just have to be gone. But I've seen that multiple times. I... Uh, the first Browns game I went to when I moved back was like that. It was like a Pittsburgh fan and a Brown fan got in tro- uh, got into a fight, and a, and his friend who was a Cleveland Brown fan stood up for his Pittsburgh friend, which I would do for my friends. I'm, you know, if I was at Michigan Stadium, you guys were in Ohio State, and some fool decided to say something to you guys, best believe I'm gonna say something to him. Right. But it was just hilarious because it was like. It was that how much of a joke we were. It was like, hey guys, do you guys know you're on the same team? You know, you're both wearing Browns jerseys. Don't look right. That's right. how it looked when the Pittsburgh one was. Was like, you guys know you're supposed to be cheering for the same team, right? And like, then the guy who got headbutted and pushed down got removed by the cops. I'm like, he didn't even, he didn't even shot him. Like, what right. are you? That's the wrong guy. And, you know, I told dude. I told my wife. I showed her this. I said, if some guy ever headbutts me and I fall to the ground. Don't you swing on him. Because <laughs> I ain't there to help you. Because I'm not there to... And obviously, he don't care about my face, so he obviously don't care about yours. So, right. So, you know, you know, just don't do anything. Especially because I don't want to get caught on video where my wife is helping me out in that situation. Everybody call me a punk. Nothing wrong with females helping their man, especially if you're in trouble. But... I don't want no photographic evidence of it, all right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and she didn't do much to help either because, like, she's barely even slapping him. She's so wasted. Yeah, everybody then, in that situation was wasted. Yeah, man. it was. Cameraman was even wasted, man. Yeah. The footage was all shaky, looking like a Zabruda film and everything like that, man. Everybody was wasted. And that's how these games are, man. It's just plethora of beer and, and fun. And I, I don't want to be a, you know, a curmudgeon about it, but good God, you guys are, you know, it's funny because probably they're like, you know, their careers are probably like high-paying dentists and one's like a high-paying, like, CEO somewhere and you're headbutting each other. It's like, this is what you guys do on your off time, man. Like, you right. headbutt each other. That's crazy, man. So, speaking of being drunk, um, must be with the WWE creative team. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm sorry. TLC, was, TLC had a great main event, but we can talk about that after we finish this part. Yeah, we can. Uh, so, let's, uh, so, Browns is 6-7-1 and a two-game winning streak. Um... They are 4-2 and two under Greg Williams. Does Greg Williams have a legitimate chance to be this team's head coach next year right now, or do we still need to see these last two games and how they play out? I think he's got a legitimate shot. Resume speaks for it. How could you not you know, bring someone in who literally is responsible for turning your team around? Uh, literally responsible for turning your team around. We had one win. Uh, two come, wins. Two wins. I apologize. We had two wins coming into his tenure and now we have four and <laughs> so for a total yeah, he yeah won, he's I won mean, more games than Hugh Jackson did yeah and and, and, and he's we, only been doing it for I six mean, games he won more games I said it damn it he won more games in a week <laughs> that Hugh Jackson won in his entire two years here with us in Cleveland so 
yeah, I, I feel like you have to give him a shot. You have to bring him to the table and say, all right, you know, tell us what your plans are because we got to hear you out because obviously you did a good job with the team. You got to hear him out. Now, I, I hate it for him because he turned around the team, and then if he struggles next year, we're going we're gonna to call for his head immediately. Right. So that's why I feel like Greg Williams should take a backseat, go back to defensive coordinator, hopefully, you know, you know, it's, it, might, it might be tough coming from head coach and going back to a new guy. But I think you got it. You got it. You got to at least bring him to the table. But I would prefer for him to be our defensive coordinator. Let Kitchen stay as our offensive coordinator because he knows something we don't know with this offense. And bring in a new, bring in a new head coach. But then you're telling the new head coach he can't pick his coordinators, and that's not really how it works. You know, that's, Dorsey, a, tough, that's a tough sell to, to, to a coach. For me, Dorsey... You know, I I think he needs to take full reins of this organization at that point and make all the decisions for each place, because apparently he's he knows what he's doing. Right. And and for him to be one year and to, and us to be sitting at six wins after winning none, he's the reason we're here. Right. Period. End of story. Well, I'll I'll say this right now. I would say Greg Williams has about a twenty five percent chance of being the head coach next year. If he wins next week, I say that jumps up to 50%. If he wins again and finishes 8-7-1 after an 0-16 campaign, I say that goes to about 75-80%. I don't think he can be a shoo-in, but if the guy goes 6-2 and two and basically turns around 20 years of losing in eight games, he's got to have a better-than-not chance to get that position. And I think because of the way the players are responding to him, that's one thing. Now, if, if they would have... Pittsburgh would have done what we needed them to do, and we you get in and win the division, or even get in the playoffs. If the Browns somehow make it to the playoffs, which I know there's a one percent chance, if they get in, you have to. I think you have. That's an automatic. This is your job because you did the impossible. You got us to. You gave us a shot to compete for a championship. And, and man, the one time I need Tom Brady to win a game, I, I just can't believe it. Like Pittsburgh is not that great of a team this year, and the Pats have been stellar all season. We need you to well, – you have one job. We just needed you to win that one game. Right. And I thought, okay, Tom Brady driving, we should be good. And then he threw those two ducks right out the end zone. I was just like, oh, okay, I guess it's just not in the cards for us this year because, right. you know, if we, the Pats – Pats were our key. Like, Pats would have kept our hopes way alive if they'd have just won. And now I'm sitting here like, man, what now? So – Right, this is what I have to say. Thanks, Mr. Brady. I've got the perfect thing for Hoodie and Brady. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. <laughs> that might be the best losing sound ever. It is. I mean, <laughs> you just... <laughs> we were talking about the prices, right? And that right there, you know, out of all things, you really lost at that point. Right, it's like... Like, do you have a chance tonight at home? <laughs> it's even better. Are the Cavs going to win more than 20 games this year? <laughs> Are the Indians going to stop trading all their good players? Man. Man. <laughs> that is the best. Best sound of all time. Yes, it is. And especially when people do a knuckle-headed thing and everybody just sits there and looks at them like, I cannot believe you just guessed that number. Right. And that that, that sound hits. You just, 
You just you just sit there and you 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 feel for them, but you laugh at them at the same time. Right. It's, it's a great sound. So to get in the playoffs this year, now now that we didn't get any help yesterday, because now that the Steelers are eight seven and one, or sorry, they've won eight games. Even if we finish with the same record, they own the tiebreaker. Um, Dallas didn't do us any favors yesterday. They got shut out. Thanks for showing up yesterday, Dak. Um, the Giants didn't do us any favors, which I wasn't I weren't really expecting them to do me any favors. <clears throat> so here's the path to get in. It's easy. Browns went out. It's easy. It's easy. Browns went out. They finished eight seven and one. Baltimore's got to lose to Phillip Rivers next week, and then we got to beat them. And then you have to hope for the Colts and the Titans to lose this weekend and tie Week 17. Who's got to tie? The Colts and the Titans have to tie. They have to both lose this weekend and then tie Week 17 because the Browns are the tiebreaker over both of those teams if they were to finish all with 8-7-1 records. That is the only way you get in. Well, uh, but. Um... It's okay because we were expecting to go to the playoffs this year. You know, you know, you know what? No, no. And that's why I said I've just enjoyed where we're at. It's fun, and it's fun being America's team for once. Uh, people want us to win, and I want us to win, and we're having a lot of fun winning. Again, we are the most cocky six, seven, and one uh, franchise that has ever been. And I love it. And tell me where I'm wrong. Like at me, you know. Correct me. Do whatever you want to. But this is literally, in my opinion, the best six, seven, and one team that I've ever seen. And I've never really seen in my entire life where literally a coach was the sole reason that a team was bad. Uh, that literally was it. Was We literally had a terrible coach that didn't know what he wanted to do didn't know what where direction he wanted to take this franchise, and he didn't know what identity he wanted to have us. Mm-hmm. Plus, he had no control over his offensive coordinator. That, to me, just if we could have got rid of him sooner, if we could have just came into the season without him, we probably were would be better off right now. But, you know, it, it's crazy to think that, that we are where we are right now after being just the butt of a joke last year. Well, let's take a look. I put this on Facebook, and you can find me on Facebook, and I, this is 1230 in the morning. Let's just take a look at the Brown season this far. I'm going to break it all down and then give me your thoughts. You broke an 18-plus game losing streak. You've won multiple division games and have a chance to have a winning record in the division. Have a winning record at home. Won a game on a Sunday. Won five more games in the last two years combined. You finally won on the road. You beat the Broncos for the first time in 28 years. We were five years old the last time the Browns beat the Broncos. Found your franchise quarterback. You're not going to lose 10 games this year. So from where I stand, from one year ago to today, to have a shot at the playoffs still, even though it's minute as it is, what a, just shows you what a competent front office can accomplish in one year's time, turning things around. Also, you get Voldemort out of here and the discussion with Todd Haley out of here. You saw what this team truly, really could have been and what they should have been. They should have been a better version of the 1-15 Dolphins that turned around and won 10 games with Chad Pennington the next year. Yeah, we're, we're a really good team, and and there's there's like one or two pieces missing instead of a whole team. Mm-hmm. We actually have NFL-caliber players on our team right now, and you get yourself a second D lineman that can basically sandwich like they got Aaron Donald and, and Ndamukong Sue in L.A., or um, – you know, 
Um, Arnold Miller, Miller, Bradley Chubb. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If we, we get our sec- a second D lineman, bolster that O-line just a little bit because they've been doing a good job of protecting Baker lately. Um, I, I think we're good. Uh, we get ourselves a late-round defensive uh, back. Um, and when I mean late round, I mean second, maybe third. You know, we got because we got some good ones right now. We just need more depth. You know, we we had too many injuries. We just right. need more depth. I think we're a good team. I mean, we're playing some solid football on both sides of the ball. I think next year is sky's limit. Now I caution everybody: just because we we could possibly win eight games this year, doesn't mean you should come out next year and be like playoffs or bust. That's unfair. Uh, I think we outperformed what we were supposed to do this year. I felt like the sky was four wins with a rookie quarterback. We got six, possibly to eight, because I feel like we could beat the Ravens. I don't even understand why their ESPN has the Ravens at a 79% chance at beating us. What what have the Ravens shown that we haven't shown the same, if not better? If the Browns find a way to shut the run down, they beat the Ravens, because I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson beating me in the air yet. I, make I Lamar would Jackson challenge him to do that. And they don't even have that good of running. Uh, on our team at all. They, I mean, they've had a nice five-game run where they've averaged 190 yards a game, but that's that kind of football you it can't sustain over an eight, nine, ten-game spread. Right. So even if they get in, yeah, people were talking yesterday they're going to be a tough out. I don't necessarily agree. I don't think so. Nope. Not at all. Not, Lamar Jackson doesn't show the skills that Bake does. Uh, Lamar Jackson still seems like a rookie quarterback. You could see some of the decisions he makes, some of the throws he makes. He's raw, very raw. I think they're very hesitant to call passing plays with him yeah. right now because I watched it yesterday, and I also I also watched a good deal of the Bengals game and the Ra- the Bengals Raiders game. Mm-hmm. It just infuriated me more that we found a way not to beat the Raiders because they blanking suck. They're booty. I mean, they're horrible. They're awful. They're odorific as a newborn's diaper. I oh mean, my god! It's a terrible team, and John Gruden's got a lot of work to do there. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's John Gruden's fault. I think it's a lot of the the management. They're screwed. They they're basically doing exactly what they did to Hugh, um, except for John Gruden is a better coach um, about it. If he had the Cleveland Browns, John Gruden wouldn't be two and whatever he is. Right. You know, I I feel like our team would still be where we're at. We might even win. Have already won our eight games already with John Gruden. Right. You know, so. Uh, I, I, I feel bad for what they're doing to John Gruden after they signed that multi-year contract with him as a star. I feel bad how they just emptied the cupboard on him, but hopefully they rebuild and they become one of the more dominant teams because the NFL isn't great without Raider Nation. Yeah, but they got to figure out where they're going to play their home games first next year, and then they can be Raider Nation again. Because the city, yeah, that's a sore subject. We're not going to get into that. Uh, so next week we have the Bungles. Coming to town, we got uh, Voldemort coming back, making his uh, debut back at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Uh, I don't see a way that the Bengals come in here and win this game. No way. Not a chance. Jeff Driscoll has been playing really well. I don't think he can play well enough. No. And the the Bengals just, outside of Joe Mixon, if, if they need to have the same game plan for the uh, Bengals as they did for the Broncos. Shut down the running game. And that rookie quarterback's going to melt. And Case Keenum melted because they just don't have the guns to, to, to stick with with uh, better teams. So if you can limit Joe Mixon, I'm not saying you're going to hold him to 24 yards because you're not. Joe Mixon is very good. But if you can hold Joe Mixon under 100 all-purpose yards between catching and receiving, you give yourself an excellent, excellent chance to win that football game. Joe Mixon wasn't a horrible human being and got caught up in that situation where he got caught on tape striking a female. He probably would have been... 
at least a first round pick, top five. Uh, right. But you know his his troubles caused him to be dropped very far in the draft because no one wanted to be a part of that, which is acceptable. I you know enjoy that. I'm kind of mad that he made it in the league, but now that he's in the league, he's straightened up and shown that hey, if you're gonna give me a second chance, I'm gonna make the best of it. He's been absolutely quiet about his personal life and very loud on the field, which he should have been. That's how he should have been in the first place. Right. Um, I see the Browns winning this game. I don't think they're going to jump out to a huge like they did last time, uh, but I see them doing exactly to the to the Bengals what the Bengals did to the Raiders. Uh, 31-17 Browns this weekend. Yeah, I, it's going to be – I think we're going to decimate the Bengals again. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. I think we're going to stop Jeff Driscoll. We're going to – because we didn't have any knowledge on him last time. We right. do this time. I think we're going to stop him. We're not having A.J. Green again, hopefully. He's out for the year. He's done. So I almost Stephen A. Smithed it. Um, yeah, so no A.J. Green. If we, we stop the run, we hold Mixon under 50 yards, we're going to win this game easily. There's no question about it. So then you, you, you finish your home season 5-2-1, which is amazing. You finish – if you beat the Bengals this weekend, you're guaranteed not to finish in last place for the first time in eight years, which is a huge, huge step up for this organization. And it gives you a chance next week to finish with a winning record after an 0-16 season the previous year and then 1-15 before that. So all I have to say is kudos to you, Cleveland Browns. Kudos to you, Greg Williams, most of all, um, for leading this team. And kudos to Freddie Kitchen for being the Baker whisperer because him and Baker seem to just be on the same page. And whoever comes in next would be foolish not to keep Freddie around. I, I got to give kudos, if we're doing that, to Nick Chubb. I got to give kudos to Baker for not folding in the moment and really – not being like all the other quarterbacks and making the moment too big for him. It is a lot to come in here as a rookie and say that I'm putting a whole franchise and city now on my shoulders because not only did he come here and put the franchise on his shoulders, but he had to come in here and put the city on his shoulders because we lost LeBron James last year. Kudos to Baker's Mayfield for that. And kudos to John Dorsey for basically making the right picks in the draft that have showed up this year big time. Um and got us to where we are right now. Speaking of Alcoholics Anonymous, I mean WWE writing, the chairman of the board, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, is making his return to TV tonight, even though he didn't let people like Zeb Coulter and others on TV because of their age. He can conveniently show up when he wants, when the ratings stink, and change things up. And what's my biggest deal with that is that when they say they're going to change things up, you get excited. You're thinking, oh my God, there's going to be a big shakeup, and it's a big letdown. Like it always is a big letdown with with Raw lately. It is, Vince Man's going to come in and basically it's basically like that date on Prime Night that just doesn't give it up like you think she's going to, or it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> you know, Vince Man's going to come in, and for some reason, the, in my pit of my stomach. After what happened at TLC, spoiler alert, Barry Corbin loses. He's supposedly no longer supposed to be the Raw general manager. That was a stipulation. Mm -hmm. Every bit of me says that Barry Corbin is going to be the Raw general manager tonight. I, I was reading a thing today that said that they're gonna, they were going to turn it over to Alexa Bliss, but she got cleared to go back to her in-ring activity, so they're not going to obviously waste that, um, and that they're going to return it over to Kurt Angle. They wanted Edge to do it. But he can't have any physical contact because of his neck. So, like, when Lesnar F5, Kurt Angle, if he did that to Edge, it could kill him. 
So like he can, he's like, I don't want to come out and just be a mouthpiece if I can't even do anything physical. It's, it, I, and I get it. I get Edge for that. Um, and also, he's going to make some trades in the women's division to set up some WrestleMania matches. Which is great. You can already tell who's coming over. We're getting Becky Lynch and Charlotte are both coming to Raw tonight. Um, you already know that's going to happen. Um, you're know, probably going to send Nia Jax over, over to, to Nia Jax and Tamina over for um, I think Becky that Lynch. Becky Lynch is going to stay because they want to keep Beck, they want to do Becky versus Nia. That, that's a possibility. That is a possibility. Um, I just, you know, for me, I, I love the, the, the buildup of the punch, but that happened by accident. It yeah. wasn't really supposed to happen. Right. I mean, they may ride those coattails. I'm not sure yet, but um, I'm telling you, those, those girls, SmackDown in a, in a hole is, is doing way better than Raw. Oh, yeah. Way better than Raw. They have better pay-per-view matches. They have reg- better regular televised matches than Raw right now. Um, the match also doesn't have to fill a third hour either. Well, that's true, and so it's more action packed. Right. And Raw either needs to think about that. Um, if they're going to be three hours, you got to be three hours of complete utter chaos. Uh, this can't be this nonsense that they've been putting up there. But you know what? What I started to realize is the star power is actually on SmackDown. They're doing that for a reason, though. To, I mean, they want to keep SmackDown relevant. Well, no, because it's going to Fox next year. This is true, also. If Fox wants three point three million viewers per week, or they're going to ship it to FS1. <laughs> so they feel they, they get 2.6 million, viewer, million viewers on average per week now. They feel that not having it be on USA or a cable entity, they'll automatically get a 15 to 20% jump from just people tuning in from home because they don't have to pay for it anymore. It's, it's on regular television now. So so they're gonna you're going to see a lot less comedy next year on SmackDown. Thank you. I don't care to see R-Truth do his stupid comedic thing. I'm good with it. I want to see Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles promos. I want to see Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. I want to see all the main stars on, which I think is should be the flagship show, which is SmackDown. If it's going to be on regular TV, I want to see it do well. Uh, there's nothing wrong with seeing Camilla do a little dance break, um, in my opinion. Uh, she's 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 rather hot to me, um, but uh, as far as the comedic, yes, it's fine. But even that is still better than what Raw is doing right. because that's usually what Raw used to do back then. They used to have your serious moments, your 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 match building moments, your promos, and then you had that one comedic moment. I mean, you know, my favorite one of my favorite storylines on Raw when I was a kid was the Mark Henry. Uh, <laughs> What's her face? The May old Young? Lady. Yeah, May Young, where the, the hand came out. Oh, my. Oh, man. When, <laughs> when, no, when that whole group, when that hand came out and they started throwing up, bro, bro, <laughs> I'm telling you, I had tears coming out of my eyes. I'm talking, this is a little 13-year-old me laughing hysterically at this stuff because I was immature. Now the 33-year-old me still could watch that and still shake his head like, this is some of the funniest Ridiculous stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. And Not to be so extreme with that one, but my, one of my favorite ones, and I tweeted it at you from at 90s WWE, is you know, people are chanting, A hole, A hole to Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon's like, Shut up! I don't give a damn what you people think. And then Austin, God bless him, you know, Vince, I don't know how good your hearing is, but you got 15,000 people calling you an asshole. And they wouldn't bleep out asshole. And it was hysterical. Well, back then, <laughs> it was a different time. And I get it. You know, we can't do that as much anymore, which surprises me because I'm watching shows like, you know, just just the Adult Swim lineup is, is raunchy and yeah. outrageous. So I don't understand why wrestling doesn't want to go back except for the merchandising 
aspect. They want to make sure that the kids can watch and stuff like that. But they were doing way better when it was an adult product. Right. And, and somebody said maybe does Vince come out and say it's going to be a little more edgy Attitude Era Part 2 maybe, which I would be happy to oh see. Oh, my gosh. If that, was, if that was what it was, then to me... We will wrestling will be saved, right? Absolutely, wrestling will be saved. Um, my hope is is this is like I miss the days where if Vince McMahon or somebody was coming back, it was gonna be a splash. I'm talking like you know you be sitting there um, and all of a sudden a, a someone that you never thought would walk out of those curtains will walk out of those curtains either from injury or um, a superstar that we had. I mean one of my uh, one of my favorite moments is like Jericho. When Jericho came out, because he was on WCW the week before, right. so it was just like when when the the whole countdown happened, you're like, man, who's walking out those curtains right now? And when his name flashed across the screen, I mean, to the to this day, it still gives me chills. I miss those moments. Right. I miss those chill uh, chicken skin moments that I got from wrestling because they really just shocked you and awed you when they when they did stuff like this. I don't think Vince McMahon's doing that tonight. I want to see also, too, if you're going to bring, you know, speaking of Jericho, I want New Japan Pro Wrestling Chris Jericho. I don't want, you just made the list. I want the guy who, I mean, I guess it's funny, it's funny. but I mean, his character in New Japan is an ass-kicking, take-no-prisoners machine, and he's got the freedom to express what he wants to express, and he's not clamped down by WWE writers and maybe what Vince thinks is best for business. You know, so if they ever bring back Jericho, I want New Japan Chris Jericho. The Attitude Era Jericho and the Lion Tamer Jericho from WCW were the best two Jerichos that have ever done it. He, the, the Jericho that faced Shawn Michaels and his childhood hero at WrestleMania, and then after losing the match to Shawn Michaels, he still hit him in the nuts. Right. That's my favorite Jericho right there. The the guy that's got the peacock haircut. That's not my Jericho, man. No. I want the Jericho with the long hair. I want the Jericho that's moonsault and lion taming, talking all the types of mess, even though he wasn't the biggest dog in the fight. That's the Jericho I want. Right. So hopefully uh, one day we'll see that again. But I do enjoy seeing his uh, his other alter ego come out in, uh, in New Japan over there. Um so, yeah, we'll see uh, what uh, Mr. McMahon has to say tonight on Raw. I'm kind of looking forward uh, to that. Um, that might be the only hour of Raw I watched, to be honest with you. But did you happen to see the Strowman-Corbin match? Was it a squash match based up because of Corbin's or because of Strowman's elbow? You might not have gotten to see it. No, I didn't uh, see it. So, <laughs> another spoiler alert. The way the match was set up. Well, it's, it's next day. You're good. Yeah. Me. So, another spoiler alert for me. Um, you know, uh, Braun Strowman comes out. He's obviously hurt. I thought it was, you know, kayfabe that he was hurt. He's actually really hurt. Yeah, he um, had surgery on his elbow for real. Yeah, so when they 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 basically, you know, took the steel chair to his elbow and the thing, it, it actually was hurt. And I'm like, why would you put yourself through that? Um, they did that as a TV angle because he's got nasty. He had nasty bone spurs that they needed yeah. to get rid of. So yeah, which is crazy to yeah. have bone spurs and then say, hey actually looked like you injured me so that would happen right. which you actually got to take the hit so that's crazy that they did that but he's actually hurt he had the surgery on the elbow so he comes out in the sling and I was just like oh here we go the kayfabe man he's going to take it off and they're going to have a good match what happened was is basically it was a no disqualification match which no one thought about that a whole bunch of wrestlers that Baron Corbin had been messing with came out with Baron Corbin's butt Braun Strowman put his foot on him pinned him Bron, uh, Baron Corbin lost the match. So Baron did, or uh, Braun Strowman did absolutely nothing other than stop, not a thing. Put his hand, his, yeah, that's not awesome. a thing. Didn't touch him. 
He just stood there and watched as Baron Corbin got beat down by Finn Balor, um, uh, um, not Drew McIntyre. He Slater, Bobby Roode, Slater, yeah, he Slater, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, thank you. That's what I was thinking. Of. Uh, Apollo Cruz. They they whooped him. They did, and everybody got to do their finishing move to him. Kurt Angle came out, did the did the uh, Olympic Slam to him. Uh, I, I shook my head because I was just like, this is this is what we are. This is where we are now. This is what's happening. Nothing surprises me. Nothing's exciting. So yeah, it ended up being interesting angle but uh you know i thought that braun Strowman would come out and wrestle i am kind of happy that braun Strowman's taking a break because i don't think they really know how to use him even no. though they're using him a certain way either he's an unbeatable giant or he's beatable you, you can't have it both ways no, uh -uh. you know and when you have him basically get squashed by brock lesnar um in a match after baron corbin hits him from the back and then in the same breath a pay-per-view later, Daniel Bryan takes Brock Lesnar to limit. That don't make no sense to me. No. It makes zero sense to me. And the no. writing is off. So speaking of Daniel Bryan, talk talk to me about I didn't I didn't see any of this, so I'm getting my my info from you. I know that Daniel Bryan uh, successfully defended his title last night, but how good was the match? Was it a good AJ Styles Daniel Bryan match? Was Best average? male match of the night by far. No no, no no comparison. You you know the two combatants. You know what type they can what they can do. Best male match of the night. Um, and great finish because you think that these matches end with a with a, um, a move, a super move or whatever, a finishing move. It didn't. It ended up in a schoolboy pin. Daniel Bryan rolled up AJ Styles after AJ Styles rolled him up. They, he reversed it, got the pin, end of the match. Daniel Bryan's on the ground smiling. AJ Styles upset. I loved it. Best match of the night, which was followed up by... You know the second best match of the uh, third best match of the night, and Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax. She gets better every week. Uh, oh Ronda my goodness, Rousey, does she? Every week she oh, gets yeah. better. She she actually decided to take uh, take a risk last night and do a crossbody to the outside of the ring this time. She's getting better every every single week. Loved it. And then I read some reports, some stories that people felt like Ronda carried Nia in that match last night. You know what? I you know that's tough. I, I really feel like Ronda's a lot better than she she showed up. I mean she is. No, but Ronda part. was Ronda was the one who carried the match and right. You know, you know, kind of rode the coattails. It's a little bit. tough. Um, Ronda definitely made some moves that no one expected. Um, for for what she does, so um, Ronda doesn't look as raw. She is she's good at telling a story in the ring now. She yeah. really is. So. It's not just a couple moves straight to the armbar now. It's actually a match right. between the two. So I've got to say, I'm calling BS, though, on how WWE makes Nia dress. Because, I mean, I know she's that's a, that, that is a lot of women. I'm not saying she's big because I think she fills out her body very uh -huh. well. But I've seen her on Instagram, and she doesn't look as big on Instagram as she does when she's on TV. I think that they make her pad up a little bit to make her look huge. Or she, her stuff is tight. I mean... Just from what I've seen on Instagram, she does not look as big on Instagram or in when she's in social settings than she does in the ring. I feel like they're padding up her, uh, not in the breast area. No, like I know I'm what saying. you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my my wife was commenting on that that they think she thinks it's unfair that they make Nia Jax fully come out fully clothed as she does, and um, I don't know. Uh, that's that is still a lot of woman, you know. That's a lot of woman. She, she in a respectful way, of course. Yeah, yeah, she makes herself out to be the bigger woman, though. She like she embraces it. She don't right. care. Right. So, um, one interesting thing that happened last night: um, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, which you would think would be a great match, 
it actually the crowd chanted "This is boring" to them last night. Really? And I was I was absolutely shocked um, about that because th- this that's literally was the top bill from Raw for me. That that was the top bill right. match, and uh, I I really feel that that's that's where Raw is struggling right now. They don't have the storytelling and the star power in the matches to to actually keep people interested. You know, I get it. It's a lot to do what Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles do, but they don't even have the horses on uh, Raw anymore that are basically able to to make these matches exciting anymore and make sure they have a good amount of high pace to slow moments in the matches where everything gets slowed down. Right. And Seth Rollins and, and Dean Ambrose, their match seemed to be all over the place last night. It was a lot of good wrestling, but it just never kept an, an even flow where I was looking at it kind of like, okay, I understand where this is going. I, right. I really didn't. It, it just ended where, you know, Dean Ambrose won and took the title from Seth Rollins. But I couldn't believe that they chanted this is boring because it wasn't boring. It just wasn't exciting. Right. You know. And that might, you know, that might have been why too because if, if that's the best Raw has to build to give and the fact that, you know, it was um, lackluster to say the least. I mean, your two best matches on the card last night were – Styles Bryan and then the uh, the tables, honors, and chairs match with Asuka, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch, who I think is just drop dead gorgeous. You, you know, they, <laughs> those three girls are, and I should say women, I won't disrespect them, those three women are legit probably in the top 10 of the entire roster for me because right. Charlotte definitely has carried the women's division since she got there. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. And she's not living off her dad's name either. She's good at what she does. She is she is the best. And if you want a high profile women's match, you put Charlotte Flair in it. Uh, no longer and and I I'm telling you no longer do you have a match that doesn't include Charlotte that's high profile. I mean, it has to have Charlotte in it. Right. Charlotte is going to sh- tell you the story, build it all, and they did it. They they did the thing last night, you know. Um I love I love that match. Uh, I'm I'm more impressed with these wi- these women every single match. I I like Rousey. I like Charlotte. I like Be- Becky. Becky is killing it right now. I wish they would let Oscar off the hook too, be, um, and let her fight the way she was fighting in NXT. You know, now that she's the champion, um, I hope they allow her off the reins and let her go back to the to the dominance that she was in NXT. But uh, I hope they do make that trade because the women's division on Raw. Terrible right mm-hmm. now. Just awful. It's not good. They don't have a storyline. Ronda Rousey, girls. and that's it. That's it. They don't have a storyline for these girls. They've got poor Bailey and, and... And they have the potential. They're not doing anything with it. Exactly. I mean, they got... Sasha Banks, man, that girl put on some matches in NXT, and they've literally just stifled the flame on this girl. I don't know why. Right. Um, and Bailey's pretty good, too. Bailey tore it down with her at NXT. You know what? That's probably the matches I'm talking about. Those yep. two against each other... I don't understand why they've, they've got them in a tag team not face, facing each other anymore. Right. Uh, it, it, and Natty's not bad either. Who? Natty? No. No. So they've got... I'm just sick of seeing them fight the same matches every week. And even with the guys, if I have to watch Drake Maverick and AOP versus Bobby Roode and, and Gable tonight, I'm going to gouge my eyes out. Like, yeah. I will watch Vince McMahon and if the next thing out is something like that or if it's you know Bailey and, and Sasha again versus you know God knows who... I'm done. Like, I don't want to see tag teams. Show me something fresh. Give me some fresh storylines. And maybe tonight that happens. You know, one of the things I realize is it seems like they've almost neglected the men's division 
for the women's division. They it's like they don't have enough room for both. It's like they went and they focused all their talents on making the women's division relevant, which they've done a great job. But at the end of the day, they've basically said, "Hey, man, carry this," and they don't got nobody that's carrying it. You right. know, they don't got no brass ringers like Austin, The Rock, Kurt Angle, Triple H, Taker, Cena, you know, yeah. things like that. They don't have those guys where basically, "Hey, you're the man of the company. Get this stuff together. Let's go." We don't have that. There's just a bunch of guys fiddling around doing random matches out of nowhere. We got for no reason at all, no apparent reason at all tonight. We have a Dolph Ziggler Finn Balor match. Why? Like they helped. He helped him, and then he attacked him. Exactly. And then it just makes no sense. I mean, going? it's going to be fun to watch because they can tear the show, they, they can tear will. the show down. But um, like you said, it makes no sense. Like, when are they going to give Finn Balor the push that he deserves to have? When are they? And Dolph Ziggler, you could say Dolph Ziggler deserves a high push. Man, Drew McIntyre is going to get one hell of a push next year, and I'm I'm in favor <coughs> of that because I. You're not supposed to like heels. I love Drew McIntyre as a heel. I just love watching it. He's a big dude, man. That's a big, big mama. There goes that man. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, I love. I just love his look, man. He is. He looks like a Terminator. They, yeah. they said it last night. He, he looks like a Terminator. That's what he looks like. He looks like he, he. You know, I like the guy he is now than the one that showed up before. This right. guy is awesome right now. Lots he is of power. An ass kicker. Uh, so yeah, that's all. There's a lot, a uh, lot going on there in WWE land. I'll be excited to see uh, what Vince McMahon does. I'll be excited to see what happens uh, tomorrow night on SmackDown in the Fallout. Uh, I'll be you know interested to see what's next for AJ Styles. What's next for Daniel Bryan? Who's going to challenge Bryan next? Because um, they're still teetering on having you know maybe either AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania or Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. But either way, you have to. I think you'd have to put the belt on the line with HBK. Yeah, no. you have to. You have to. No. You give that. You give that sense that hey, the old man. It's like no. the George Foreman. It's a George Foreman thing. Or any, one time, any night. You just not that you. You, you give can't it to let him. Shawn Michaels win the belt. So that no, no, win it, but put it on the line at WrestleMania. But you already know that Shawn Michaels can't won't win the belt. You already know. So it. You already. I mean, the match will still be fun. Right. You'd never take I mean, away from a showstopper, but. You know, it's not the same as when Shawn Michaels faced Taker. You actually, for the first time, thought Taker legitimately could lose either one of those matches against Shawn Michaels. Uh, uh, th- uh, actually, on the record, but to the side, I don't like bald Shawn Michaels. It's weird. Isn't it? Is Thank weird. you. It is so it is weird. weird. Um, <laughs> part of Shawn Michaels' lure was his hair. I mean... It's weird. It just looks like a creepy old man. Out right. There Instead now. of saying, "I think I'm cute," I know I'm sexy. <laughs> I know I'm old, yeah. and I'm getting creepy. It's, it's like when him and, and and Triple H were out there together. I was like, "God, Lee, where has my childhood gone?" Like, right. My my wife even looked at it. Was like, "These guys were the man in the childhood." I was like, "Yeah." yeah. And they didn't look like that. Man. No. Like they. They no. all look out there like just leathery old men still trying to just. Right. It, it was just a geriatric club fighting over Jello in that one. Right. It, was just, <laughs> it was, it was awful looking at that. I, I'm glad they get to do it because the, the names, the names fighting are great, but uh, the look of these guys, sheesh. You know, I, I just, I just don't like bald Shawn Michaels like you. I don't like bald Triple H either. Uh, I've gotten used to it though. I don't like balding Undertaker, man. No. I don't like Fat Kane. Like, well, he's the mayor now. We're no, lucky that just, he even did what he did. I, you know, Kane, if you go back to the days of when Kane came in, man, that dude was a ripped 
dude. He was a big dude. And I now the cane I got right now is just, well, I don't even know. You know, <laughs> last match when he, he's also ball too. Cause OFK old fat cane. <laughs> <laughs> That's he, what they should change he, his name he, to. He got the mask and the hair slapped off of him in that last match between HBK and the Undertaker. I don't know if you caught it, but they tried to keep him off camera, but they're like he his hair and mask were laying to the side, and he was literally bald. Like <laughs> I was just like, man, it's so crazy to look at where my childhood's gone. Like Kurt Angle can barely walk anymore, and he's still you know? gonna wrestle. Yeah, it, I mean Edge can't touch Matt anymore. It's just yeah. all the good people are just done right now. So on December seventeenth, they are still working on trying to make this happen. Does The Rock wrestle at WrestleMania this year? Not make an appearance because I think he will. Does he wrestle at WrestleMania? I don't think so. I just don't see. I don't see anybody out there that that The Rock should wrestle. Brock Lesnar. That, that's what they want to set up. They want to set up Brock versus Brock. They wanted to do HH Ace in The Rock. I can't. And Rock. I can't have another part-time title. Can't. I'm not. Well, I think Rock would win it and then drop it and retire. Like I'm done. Like going to the Hall of Fame that weekend. Win WrestleMania, drop the title the next night. Thank you for everybody for everything. If they really want me to, if they really want me to be excited, don't bring The Rock back. Bring back CM Punk. He doesn't want to wrestle for WWE. As long as Triple H or put, Vince McMahon or Stephanie McMahon are involved, he, there's no chance. Put the gauntlet in front of him and tell him that you also have creative, uh, creative control over yourself. They will never do it. Never. You will never see, and this is this is a guarantee. There is no chance in hell of CM Punk ever being in the WWE again. No chance in hell. I think you'll see it after Vince dies. I think you could see it. He hates Triple H more than he hates Vince. <clears throat> he does, but that he hates Triple H because Triple H is a corporate sellout. That's why he hates Triple H. But Triple H has shown with NXT that. He can when he's running the show, the the product is tremendous, and I think that when when uh, Triple H has control over WWE, the product is going to change. Vince ultimately still has control. He's in that gorilla. You can see it when they do like the this bag behind the scenes. He is there on the on the on the headset, telling everybody what to do, what what to do. Still pulling the reins. When he goes, if Triple H is at that spot, guarantee Raw is a better product. Guarantee SmackDown is a better product. For right now, old man, uh, Vince McMahon is still trying to win on that that old formula where we need more, and NXT is more right now. Right. NXT, I mean, my buddies and I were looking to go to a, a house show for WWE. It's coming to Canton or something. Canton, yeah. yeah. And my, like, my buddy was like, we can get $50 seats. I'm like, I don't want to pay $50 for a house show. Because if they're going to book it like they're booking TV, I'd rather pay... I'll pay 50 bucks to go see NXT, because I just did, not that long ago. I'll pay 50 bucks to go watch an NXT house show, because I know it's going to be booked right, it's going to be done right, and it's going to be entertaining. I don't know what I'm getting for 50 bucks to go see a SmackDown house show, or even a Raw house show. We are going to pay money to go see Fastlane, though. Yeah. I, I'm going to try to go to Fastlane. Yeah, that's... that needs to happen. So Fastlane, and that's like right before my birth. Actually, I can't go, and I'll tell you why. That is the literally the one year anniversary of my father-in-law passing away, so mm -hmm. I will not be going to Fastlane that, that day. That day, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was looking at it and I saw the date and I was like, I'm not going. Yeah. And my wife's like, well, I said, I said, I'm, I said, I can't do it. No, nah, you already know. I'm not going. However, we will be getting away from WWE March. It's actually that weekend, mm -hmm. so we'll go the ninth. 
We'll go to Comic-Con on the 9th, and you can go to Fastlane on the 10th. Comic-Con is in Cleveland, Wizard World, 8th, 9th, and 10th. So, yeah, I may have to go to that, too, because my wife is in that stuff. We went to Atlanta's Comic-Con, which is called Dragon Con down there. Um, And I I remember the first time I didn't go, and someone texted me a picture and says, you know who this guy is? My kids know who this guy is. And guess who it was? It was Jason David Frank riding down the street in the Green Ranger Corvette. Yep. And I was just like, I know who that guy is, and I'm really pissed that you sent that to me. Right. She was like, well, why didn't you come? I was like, because I didn't want to spend all day for just Jason David Frank. But... There's you know, so much to do there. Like, I've even found that you can do just the vendors that are there that, that make cool stuff like Power Ranger pictures and stuff. Like, you can spend so much time just walking through that. And just, it's like, it is like Walmart on steroids. It really is. <laughs> um, like, either, wow, that looks really good on you, or I don't think you should be wearing that. Not even at home. <laughs> so, my favorite thing about it is the cosplay stuff. Yeah. And um, the, the I was walking through, and I walked into this one vendor down at Dragon Con. And they had pretty much every outfit that I wanted to wear, but it was just like stuff you could wear outside. So like they had the Winter Soldier's outfit, like they had his whole entire jacket, they had his his pants, everything like that. And I just kept staring at that. And I was just like, man, my bank account is about to be awfully light because I'm about to buy this. And I was just like, all right, walk away, walk away. Yep. And I came back twice. He was like, just buy it. I was like, I can't, man. Like, it's so expensive, but I really, really want this. I won't take my debit card into Comic-Con. Yeah. For fear of divorce papers being on the table when I get home. <laughs> I uh, went to Comic-Con and loaded up uh, Dragon Con, and I loaded up on all the old Nickelodeon shows. So, like, they had all the bootleg shows. They had it bootleg. I don't care. They were still good copies. I ended up getting Doug. I ended up getting Salute Your Shorts. Uh, I ended up getting Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I mean, literally for three months straight, I was glued watching these shows. Right. Like, that's what, you know, I have to save up to go. So it's in March. In March. Okay, got I got to make sure I got at least a grand in the bank ready to go <laughs> so that I can I can go down there. Because I just bought some Spin Fighters, y'all. And uh, I miss Spin Fighters, if you know what those are. Those are awesome. I just got some. And my nostalgia is really coming back for old toys that now that we're, we're about to buy a house, I really have the room for like you down in the basement mm-hmm. to put up all my toys because right now they're all everywhere. I, I have a whole bunch of toys at home right now of things that I love to collect and I really needed the room because I could tell my wife was like, this is not working out for me. You need to wait till we get a house. Well, I got the damn house now. I'm about to pack that room out. Right. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, I go back and forth on how exactly I want to redo the basement because, you know, when push comes to shove, I don't think my wife will mind too much if I take up one whole side of the basement. Um, but my dad's a fabricator and a welder, and he's got one of those fancy little CNC machines that he can mm-hmm. do anything that he wants. Um, I texted him a, a picture. I want, I don't want like the whole Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. I just want the Power Ranger bolt, like the lightning bolt. Yeah. And I want that in steel, so I, and I'll paint it and I'll set it. In the back, and I'll get. I'll start. I want to get some clear um, uh, shelving, so when I put the toys down, not only will you see that, but then you'll see the bolt behind it. Yeah. And I thought that'd be awesome. That would be sweet. Because then I could take that to the next house when I have an even, hopefully, a big, bigger cave. You know, yeah. hopefully, you know, seven, eight, nine years from now. Right. So yeah, that's uh, so that Comic Con man, that's gonna be sweet too, because the way it's gonna line up, my birthday is that that next. Weekend, yeah. So I'll either be taking vacation going into that week, or I'll just have one more week before my vacation. So yeah. Now that I know Comic Con's coming, I just might go ahead and say screw it because my birthday's on a Sunday. I'll just come back the day after my birthday. Yeah. So, and St. Patrick's Day is on a Saturday? No, that's not right. My birthday's on a Monday this year, so that might be a little. 
we'll have to see. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to be definitely going to Comic-Con. You'll be going to Fastlane, and I'm sure there's some movies that we need to go see. We need to start doing that, doing something different. Yeah, uh, we, we, need to, we need to really pick up on that. Um, the folks, if you guys want us to watch a movie and review... Let us know. Yeah, um, I'll definitely be glad to, to go. You know, take my time. My wife would love if I took her to the movies um, more often. We don't go as often, but uh, would love to get there. Um, last one was Creed. It's been a while, so I need to get back. And I, I didn't get a chance to see Venom, which I'm mad at myself for. But that's out now. You can get that and see it on like. Well, that's my next my next plan. Again, yeah. another idea with the new house is when we finally get the surround sound up, which. You know we're gonna do pretty soon. Mm -hmm. As soon as we get in there, get the surround sound up, get the couches up, get the TV up on the wall, get Venom in, in the player. And we're gonna watch our first movie. Probably gonna be Venom. There you go. Um, I, there's another movie out that I that I I missed in the movie theaters. I can't really think it off the top of my head that I wanted to see. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. I think the next movie on tap right now for us to go see is Aquaman. Um, I can't wait for Aquaman. It's good. It should be good. I, I say it should be good. If it's not, I'm gonna be very upset. Right. Um, but I, I, I hope it's good. Uh, you know, all the previews they've given us. If it's not good, shame on them, or they they fooled us. You know, sometimes you know previews come out and they play like the best parts of the movie, and then you get in there and you're like, man, there's no substance to this movie. It was right. all in the previews. Right. So I could have just did with the previews. Like Rocky Five. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry, Sly, but we all know that that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So. We got Browns Bengals this weekend. Any other geek stuff coming up, we'll definitely get into it. Uh, but we're going to get out of here because we've been in the office all day, and I want to go home. I know you want to go home. I definitely want to go home. So uh, we will uh, definitely see you guys next week. Uh, going to be a couple of – going to be short shows through the holidays here, you know, no more than an hour. And then we'll get back to our normal stuff after the first of the year. It's just, you know, holidays are coming. we got family stuff coming up. Uh, but we've got some ideas for the new year that we're going to put in for you guys. We're kind of looking forward to it. So uh, – We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully we're talking about a three-game winning streak for our Cleveland Browns. Um, until then, go Browns. Go Browns.